Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about the crypto news of the day. So with that said, make sure you give a thumbs up, a like, subscribe, and leave a comment. And definitely come check us out in Discord. If you have any questions, that's the best place to reach us. With that said, stack, sats, and hodl. Adios. Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I'm your host, Blockchain John. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about the crypto news of the day, just to see what's going on on the weekend, because it's fair, right? I got to share some crypto news. It's been a while. So with that said, let's go ahead and get started. We're going to get our news from Decrypt.co. If you haven't been there, check it out. It's an awesome website. Once again, that's Decrypt.co. Alright, let's get started with the first news of the day, written by Ekin Jenk. Why this DAO bought Snowden's NFT for $5.4 million. A desperate band of NFT art collectors are harnessing the power of smart contracts to create a decentralized digital art investment empire. Their latest purchase, $5.4 million, on an NFT minted by NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden. Quote, if people haven't started paying attention, they should. Digital artist uh, P, uh, People Pleaser told Decrypt from her home in Taiwan. She's responsible for the decentralized autonomous organization DAO behind the cell. It's called Pleaser DAO and formed last month when a group of anonymous buyers used smart contracts to pool money to buy her NFT for $525,000. Since then, the DAO has ventured beyond her artwork and is, an, is, and is an experiment in decentralized art collecting. And two weeks ago, People Pleaser joined the DAO as an honorary member. For the Snowden auction, she stayed up all night and tapped a DeFi uh, contact to help the DAO reach the $5.4 million figure they needed to secure the exclusive NFT. Coordinated Action even though most of its members have never met and some of them remain anonymous, Pleaser DAO has a philosophy that DAO is passionate about decentralization and using the DAO to benefit society, not just profit, People Pleaser said. Quote, there are many NFT sellers who are just in for the capital. They just want to cash in on the NFT craze and sell back into fiat, she said. That's not constructive for cryptocurrency as a whole. Pleaser Dow bought the Snowden NFT because Snowden, who blew the whistle on the NSA's surveillance program back in 2013, changed the rules of the game for transparency according to the Dow. An ideal uh, its members staunchly support. Snowdens represent the cypherpunk ethos that identify with transparency for all. Mario Conti, a member of Pleaser Dow, told Decrypt. Blockchains also give you that. The proceeds from the Snowden NFT sale will go to a charity, the Freedom of the Press Foundation, and it makes sense. Ethereum is also all about freedom. It's freedom from the banks, Pointy told Decrypt. How Pleaser DAO works. Pleaser DAO distributed, distributes the ownership of the DAO in the form of tokens. That gives every member a fraction of its assets. The two NFTs and any fun.
funds in the treasury. Each member participates in the Dallas governance through a group chat. It's pretty cool. And if someone were to exit the DAO, their tokens would be up for grabs internally. A lot of members would be thrilled to buy it. Uh, Jameis Johnson, the chief uh, pleas and officer of the Pleaser DAO to decrypt, he coordinates and manages the strategy of Pleaser DAO. His tongue-in-cheek title is pretty much the CEO role, but more fun. I'm kind of hurting cats. All of these extremely successful people, the superheroes of DeFi, are particularly difficult to wrangle. A plan for the future. After buying the Snowden NFT, Pleaser DAO's future direction is still am am amorphous, said Johnson, but the three spokes of wheels will be art collection, angel investment, and incubation. The DAO might spend some of the treasury funds on building a smart contract, something novel that can be a full-blown protocol, Johnson said. It could be a one-off project like Mad Dogs Jones, NFT's replicator, he explained, referring to NFT artwork of the machine that, uh, that produces copies of NFT's prints. But the bulk of the market could collapse, he cautioned, estimating that only 1% of NFTs will return handsome profits to their owners. These are Dell's betting and bidding on that 1%, but it's the relentless passion that drives it, and any future monetary returns would be a sweet side effect. Awesome. Great. I like to hear. All right, next news. Written by Tim Huckey. Bitcoin transaction fees soars to $47 as market crashes. Price charts flash only red numbers and steep percentage drops today after Bitcoin dropped 15% overnight to lows of $52,144. For many, this is the day to get out of the market. The subsequent exodus, he cautioned, he caused a traffic jam on Bitcoin blockchain. Close to 130,000 transactions await confirmation on the blockchain according to data by Joan Hoenig. Bitcoin average transaction fees are currently at a four-month high of $46.88, up over 200% since April 4th, when the average transaction fee was $15.56. The Big Bitcoin Bottleneck Bitcoin critic David Gerald chalked today unprecedented congestion to Bitcoin holders running to the exits. One trader, Decrypt spoke to Darius Sitt of QCP Capital attributed the crash to a rumor that the U.S. Treasury is about to chase after large financial institutions for laundering crypto. Should that rumor turn out to be true, traders could be selling their crypto in fear that the price could fall even lower. Making things worse are power outages in China's uh, uh, Xinjiang province, a hotspot for Bitcoin mining. Fewer operational Bitcoin miners places upward price pressure on average transaction fees. Bitcoin's hash rate, an indicator of the effective computing power of the global Bitcoin network, dropped to 145 exahash on April 16th, 205 exahash a day later. It's currently at 120 exahashes per a second, according to BitInfo charts. While some traders run for the exits, others, no doubt, consider today, today's crash an opportunity to grab Bitcoin at bargain prices. One main trash is one man's trash is another man is another's treasure after all. Absolutely right. Okay, next news. Written by Ekin Jenk. Bitcoin sells for $65,882 in South Korea's as kimchi premium resurfaces. 
a bloodbath in the crypto markets today sunk the price of Bitcoin's price on global markets by 14% to lows of $52,144. But the current price of Bitcoin by $55,553 is far lower than the price of Bitcoin on South Korean exchanges such as Bit, uh, Bitthumb and Corbit. On those exchanges, the Bitcoin against the Korean won with the equivalent of $65,882. That's 18.6% more than the Bitcoin slash USD powering on global exchanges such as Binance and Coinbase. New restrictions on the flow of money are behind the difference. Duan Nam, head of business development in Asia for Governance Protocol, maker, told Decrypt. Today, Upbit, a major South Korean crypto exchange, implemented a 72-hour rule on withdrawals into the won for accounts that have received cryptocurrencies for the first time. The rule will take effect tomorrow. The rule comes four days after several major South Korean banks stopped money transfers to global crypto-related entities. The regulation make it even more difficult to move crypto out of the country, which already has tight restrictions on the flow of capital. That inflates the price of Bitcoin in the country. Quote, It was hard to do uh, our beam, but now it's even harder, said Nam, referring to the theoretically lucrative but practically cumbersome arbitrage trade between global markets and South Korea. Bitcoin isn't the only currency affected. U.S. dollar stablecoins, cryptocurrencies pegged to the U.S. dollar, sell for a premium, <coughs> sell for a premium on the few South Korean exchanges that list them. On Probit, a South Korean crypto exchange, the largest U.S. dollar stablecoin, USDT, trades for $1.21. Wow. If it were easy, it would have been done already. It would have been our bet already. Now told Decrypt. But like all Koreans, benefits from the kimchi premium by locally selling and buying the kimchi premium change changes. But it's no different than price fluctuations on any other market. Only a few other countries have restrictive policies that cause these premiums, such as Nigeria. And other countries lack capital controls, make it easy for bots to move money around quickly enough to close any gaps. The premium in South Korea hasn't always been positive. As recently as February 2021, the difference stood at negative uh, 6.5%, and today's kimchi premium of 18.6% is still much lower than the eye-watering premiums in May 2017, 63%, and January 2018, 47%. Until traders can also profit off arbitraging on South Korean exchanges, it's the inevitable kimchi premium for dinner for a long time. Next news written by Tim Haki. Crypto market plummets 8% in steep correction. Cryptocurrency investors are reeling from an overnight crash that shrunk the crypto markets by 7.92% and knocked $10,000 off Bitcoin's price. The market cap for crypto is now at $2.08 trillion according to uh, price metric site Nomix. In the early hours of Sunday morning, Bitcoin fell to a low of $52,144, a sharp drop from the highs of $61,271 yesterday. Bitcoin took the rest of the crypto market down with it. Ethereum sank 11.45%, hitting a nadar of $1,978, its lowest price since April 7th. By Sunday afternoon, afternoon it had rebounded to $2,174. Altcoins are suffering the worst today. 
XRP, which recently made impressive gains following a string of victories in Port for Ripple, is down 20% to $1.29, while Bitcoin Cash link term ID equals 32043 link, which rallied 25% yesterday, fell 20% to $885. The crash also caused delay, delays on crypto exchanges from 5 a.m. through 6.30 a.m. UTC. Binance reported issues with placing orders. Binance has since resolved this problems. Uh, what's behind the crash? Good question. Unconfirmed rumors on Twitter late Saturday night about impending charges from the U.S. government over crypto money laundering appears to have been the initial trigger. Darius Sitt, co-founder of Singaporean crypto trading firm QCP Capital to Decrypt, he sees that as the cause. One account cited the source of as securities, securities lawyers familiar with U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen's task force, the accounts provided no further evidence. Last week, the Treasury announced sanctions against 16 groups and 16 individuals, mostly linked to Russia, which it claimed were using cryptocurrencies to influence the 2020 U.S. elections. Separately, Bitcoin's hash rate suddenly sank by 30% earlier this week. Don Bay Wan, found, uh, founding partner of crypto VC firm Primitive Ventures, attributes the plunge to a power outage in China's Xinjiang province. Xinjiang? Xinjiang province, okay. The region that houses China's largest Bitcoin mining operations. Authorities cut the power following accidents in three coal mines in the province. This week's crypto crash is a sobering reminder that markets rarely go up forever. Exactly. But with that said, that is our last crypto news of the day. And the way it ended, this week's crypto crash is a sobering reminder that markets rarely go up forever. Regardless, strong hand, diamond hand, stack sats, and hodl. That's what I say every single day. So with that said, Cryptonauts, make sure you leave a like, subscribe, and a comment. I appreciate those comments. They are awesome. Uh, make sure you check us out in Discord, chit-chat with us. I'm always on there, always talking crypto every single day. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And until next time, stack, Seth.